Hello and welcome to the Biz vs. Dev podcast. This is episode 25 and I'm your host, James Robert. And I'm Mick Posen. And we're going to be talking about advertising and wearables this week. Why do you love you? So proud of you. But first, <laughs> how have you been? It's been almost a month. It's since our last episode. It has Peter. been almost a month. It's been a little hectic. I mean, I, to the listeners, I have to apologize for my somewhat absenteeism at the last episode of my own involvement. I had a family predicament and had to step out at one point and had to be silent for other parts to hang, to take care of sorted issues. But um, fingers crossed that has resolved itself. And now we get to move on to these things, more specifically advertising and wearables. So you want to give the background on the advertising article that, uh, well, basically we've, we've talked about advertising a lot of times before. Yes, yes we have. So I guess this is kind of part follow-up, part new news. We both read the same Melting Asphalt article. And we'll link that in the show notes. Yes. It's, actually, I want to, I want to give you the, the chance to discuss the article, the, the overview, and now, because my mind is fresh with the book I'm reading, I want to tie into this later and... Some book we've actually discussed earlier on that now I've finally gotten my hands on. Okay. Well, before before we get into that, I just want to say definitely check out Melting Asphalt. I ran into two articles on in like the same day by happenstance and extremely well thought out and um, is thorough and just uh, very thought provoking articles. So definitely worth checking out. Um, so. The, the article, oh God, we did not do our research as, as usual. <laughs> um, let's see. The article is called, that's advert, it's not how ads work. Yes. Is that right? Okay. And uh, so sort of the common wisdom about how ads work is that they implant these like seeds of, an, of ideas in your mind that grow over time, that change your perception of the world. And um, the article basically argues that that's not actually how it works and that effect, if it exists at all, is very limited. The real effect of ads is that they change sort of our cultural perception of things. They re reposition things in the cultural knowledge of everything, which so like just seeing the ad individually doesn't really have much impact. It's knowing that everyone else saw the ad too. And uh, so, for instance, he gives the example of, what is it, Coke? No, Corona. Well, he does both, but Corona is the big one. So he shows this ad of Corona on the beach and really like just a picture of Corona on the beach, like has nothing to do with what is unique about Corona. You could put any beer on the beach, right? Well, he, that part was later corrected by, by one of the readers who mentioned, well, technically speaking, Corona, Mexico, beach. There, yeah, there I is thought about that as soon as I read it. I thought about Corona's a Mexican beer. They have beaches down there. And you don't associate Heineken or Bud Light with, well, I mean, but you don't but associate them because the, of the ads that they've right. created the image. But even the beachness still doesn't tie into what's good about Corona. Oh, you, sure. you don't become on the beach well, when you drink it. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was going to get to that, but uh, <laughs> that was my first reaction too. And so before I have some thoughts that kind of tie into that, why that's the case, why the beach is, first of all, I don't think this is a problem. It just is a better understanding of how ads actually work. I remember way back in the day, there was an ad for Corona where the tagline was, I, th I think it was change your latitude, mm -hmm. which I'm not sure if they entirely realized what change in your latitude might also indicate in terms of weight. Latitude? 
change your latitude doesn't change where you are. Yeah, no, I get well, it. Maybe it was longer though. But I think it was latitude. Change, maybe it was change your I think your they meant go latitude. south, right? Change the latitude, head south. Yes. Um, but the joke is there. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was that was a little forced, but nonetheless, that's something that. Well, back then I didn't even know what the word latitude meant. I was reminded of that, and I thought of this joke, so or that particular observation. So, all right. Um, so, trying not to have verbal text here. <laughs> the last thing about the article is uh, there was discussion of of Coke ads, for instance. That there were, some of them were powerful. The, sorry, the anti soda ads that New York, New York City um, NYC.gov put out. The idea is to change. The whole point of ads is not to change what you think of Corona. It's to change what you think other people will think of you when you have Corona. So in other words, you bring Corona to a party. Are you the guy who brings Corona? And what does that mean? The guy who's fun loving or whatever, like they're, they're trying to position Corona as a beer that's about relaxing, even though it's no more about relaxing than any other beer. It's just a beverage. Just a beverage. So anyway, that's the gist of it. Same thing for Coke. Same thing for, I don't know, basically anything you consume in public where everyone sees you consuming it. Speaking of consumption, um, and this is a little earlier than I intended to bring it up, but I, so I, I picked up that Buddhist economics book. It's Buddhist called, economics, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's called Small is, Small is Beautiful. And it's, the tagline is, economics is if people mattered. And the, He's very much a system. The author E.F. Schumacher, Schum, Schumacher, that's probably how you pronounce it, is very much an envi- a environmentally conscientious individual, and he wrote this book decades ago. He's also very much a systems thinker. He considers things that many people don't when it comes to economics, and he wants he likes seeing the bigger picture. So he'll he'll venture into the nitty gritty, but he'll he'll look at the larger scope of how various elements affect. So how economics on its own is not how. Back when it was introduced, it was very much ridiculed. Now people are accepting it as if it were a science. And the issue with, with some of these sciences that are very much man-made, as opposed to things that, that are meant to interpret what, how we work. So the difference between, say, sociology and economics, technically speaking, they're both soft sciences. But one of them is more about how we work, and one of them is more about how what we've created and as it fits works. Mm-hmm. Economics technically discusses only what we've fabricated. And we've chosen these things that we want to agree upon. It's right. not where sociology is more of over time how things change based on based on our biology. But sociology is inextricable from anthropology. Sociology is inextricable from evolutionary psychology. From regular well, economics is interesting in that it it has a collection of different types of actors involved. Yes. Like whereas sociology, you just have groups of people, and it's all cultural stuff. Like everything about it is cultural things. Whereas with economics, you have some actors like individual like consumers that are extremely irrational and some actors like banks that are extremely rational <laughs> and so sometimes you can be, make really good predictions with economics sometimes you really really can't depending on which actors are involved and you know how rational they are and how mm-hmm. how much of a force they are compared to the irrational like there's so many i don't know i guess at least with economics you sort of sometimes have things structured where you feel like everything is solid like no bank is going to lose money on purpose (laughs) have you seen margin call at the end of the day banks always want to have more money sometimes they'll lose money in one area to gain more money somewhere else but they never lose money at the highest level at the bottom line on purpose 
Yes. So this is the this is where um, Schumacher tears those type of folks a new one. Where the, the purpose and this is and reading him is so validating because all my little hippie, my all my hippy dippy notions and all of my idealistic elements are just. <laughs> it feels like he is validating me. I mean, I'm not not that I'm in. Seeing someone write like that is so incredibly profound. I don't think I've been. It's very rare. I I, I can't think of the name of the book. That this happened before, but I remember reading some nonfiction books where I felt so validated by the ideas. Now, other books, like Herman Hesse's work, they're just, here singing to my soul. This is delightful. Here it's a little different because it's nonfiction. But to have someone who espouses so many of the values that I do in terms of you're pursuing profit at the cost of something else, therefore what you're doing is completely frivolous and, and it's unsustainable and what you're doing should not exist because you're damaging everything else by pursuing these profits. If your profits are damaging something, then therefore they're not, then yes, they, they are valid, but sorry, that you have them, but they're invalid because of how you've gotten them. And, they, and therefore you should not pursue this activity. Okay. Which is, I generally agree. And this is why I'm not a complete like libertarian. Mm-hmm. This is the exact and almost only purpose of government. In my opinion <laughs> is to identify things where you're generating profit but not producing any actual value to everyone else and then making regulating it away the the issue with advertising and as you regulate things and what you encourage through this is you advertising could have been used to create a safe market Instead of what's advertising been, could have well, advertising is what is the vehicle that people use, companies use to let people know about their product. So you might not know about this, but you actually need it. What right. a, so let's say that 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 line or that curve of how many things are purchased is at reaches a certain y value of say ten, whatever that means. You're talking about like the getting the word out aspect of advertising. Just making it known that you exist and that your product exists. And that people would want to get it. And people end up buying it. So again, the word out, it's the, the end result of the advertisement. Whatever that is, the end result is this many people purchase it. Okay. Which means that there's this much money to be had. There's this much money that, that's available. Right. It has since evolved in a way that it's designed to exploit entirely. This element of, this is what, we, this is what people need. When there's this whole pot, the theoretical pot should be of Y value 10 maybe 20. Okay. What ends up happening is when everybody wants a piece of that pot, people are driven to spend more. So now advertisers are getting more advertisers are getting involved. More things are being created and more elements are, are, are being constructed of all sorts. You have, you have more variety in the types of clothes that you get. You have more variety in the types of cars, electronics, doohickeys, gadgets, all gizmos, okay. most of which presumably are frivolous as in very few of them that you can't live without. And you have things like fashion trends, for instance, that are specifically designed to make your clothes obsolete. Planned obsolescence entered the fashion market. Well, that's because the utility of fashion, like from an economic perspective mm-hmm. utility, is having something that's newer and cooler than the other people around you. Well, that's if, that's, if that is created. If that's not what's created. The entire fashion industry is not about the actual value of clothes, which is keeping you warm and protecting your skin from like... Abrasion. Well, right. So, the, 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 and this is—it's evolved from. I'm assuming what I'm trying—I'm trying, trying to clear. I think is that it, it, it is stemmed from this. As in, initially, people got what they needed. 
Right. Advertise, and then eventually they started to indulge a little bit. Oh, maybe I'll have this, maybe I'll have that. Oh, I didn't know about this existed. As that pot of people willing to purchase something grew, it moved from people buying what they needed to buying what they were told that they needed to buying what they frivolously wanted, not knowing why they wanted it. So you kind of... you. The- well, I don't, okay, I don't agree with that last part. For instance, like let's go back to the beer example. Mm-hmm. I don't think people buy beer because they saw a Corona ad. They go to the supermarket or whatever to buy beer because they want beer. And then when they, they look want- at when they look at all the beers available, then the Corona ad comes in. They go, uh, "I'm the kind of guy who's laid back and relaxing. I'm going to bring this pack of Coronas, not this whatever craft beer." Or if you're me, I wouldn't be seen anywhere with a six pack of Coronas. <laughs> I'll take this Magic Hat or whatever. <laughs> How do you? Separate and this, I'm actually I'm asking questions. I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think it's answerable. To how is it possible to separate why somebody chose to drink beer mm-hmm. because it's a cultural thing they were told to do that initially? Mm-hmm. As in, we've now had movies, we've had instances, we've had everything else that we were told or we were shown rather that this is what people behave. When people of a certain age, they do this. They decide to drink beer. Right. Well, there's the entire industry that produces alcoholic beverages that has made alcohol like a cornerstone of social interactions. And that is separate from Corona just advertising their brand, which is not the same kind of thing. Well, it's not, it's not that separate. It's part of that same, as in within that realm that's been created by these industries, Corona has right. carved out an element. And this is why I think government is... This is the whole I, the whole point of having government is like for instance cigarettes are no longer a cultural touchstone of anything because they're not allowed to advertise anywhere they're not allowed to be shown pretty much like in anything public people avoid showing cigarettes in to children ever mm-hmm. so you grow up kind of not thinking of cigarettes as being associated with anything except for nasty it's like smelly people on the street corner well it's still <laughs> send your email to make <laughs> <laughs> Smelling people in street corners. There's still the L- oh, I recently used Homejoy. It's a kind of a handy, well, handy book just for Brandon's stuff, so just handy. But when I say it's it's a handy Homebook is what? Wait, Homejoy is when you have someone come clean your yeah apartment. And Handy Book had that too. Then they expanded. Oh, we're going to have many, many other services. We're going to go from Handy Book to just Handy. When I say I had a handy person come in, they you're not sure if it's a proper noun or or not. Regardless, it was her first day in the job, <laughs> and I smelled on her smoke, as in she, smoke. she's a smoker. Yeah. So technically, my smell on her was third-hand smoke. Third-hand smoke is what is what remains in your clothes, what remains in the couch and the furniture. Interesting. Okay. Because third-hand smoke produces fourth-hand smoke? I don't know what fourth-hand smoke would be. I don't know when the smoke comes that's, off your clothes and goes onto the stuff around you? No, I think that's third-hand, I think that's still third-hand smoke. No, what but, I'm trying but, to say is... Did she make your apartment uh, smell like smoke by virtue of being there with her third hand smoke? No, she did not break the fourth smoke wall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's not a problem. Well, first I was worried that maybe she'll have a craving while she's cleaning. Okay. Uh, and hats off to her, she did a fantastic job. And she didn't have a craving. Didn't she what? Didn't have a craving. Oh, I don't know if she had a craving. Maybe she had a craving. She did, at one point she did say, I want to go off the balcony. Oh, because I, th- I think she said, because I want to have a cigarette. And I thought, maybe this, this is not going to fly. But then I mean, but she did go out to the balcony. I mean, it was also to take in the view. But then she said, then I just saw her kind of relaxing there. And granted, she was there for a little while, but so I wasn't sure if what she really meant was, or if she, re- or if she realized that that's actually not something that she should have. Should right? do. She yes. Yeah. Well, have okay. yeah. Um, do sounds better. Yes. She should not have a cigarette. Okay. 
there are still people who smoke, and there's still people who, outside of our realm of cultural consumption via media, there are still individuals who who consu- who are indoctrinated, indoctrinated, grow up into some, grow into something without realizing what the world around them is, and that's not the only way it could be. I guess so, okay. And it, and this is, for instance, it recounts for tastes of cigarettes. In Freakonomics, we found out that Newports are overwhelmingly preferred, or at least slightly more preferred, in uh, poorer neighborhoods. Interesting. I, I think it's specifically referred to black neighborhoods. I'm not sure if it's, or if it's just low-income neighborhoods. In higher-income neighborhoods, it's Marlboros that are preferred. And I remember thinking, after reading that book, I started looking around the Bronx, and I was walking around, and I found in different parts of the area, there were distinctly people who identified with certain different cultures, we're starting that kind of streetscapes area that smoked Newports, and the ones who were less in that in, ingrained in that, no matter what co- skin color they were, smoked Marlboros. And then you had the people who smoked Camel Lights. And, but on the other hand, and reds. the American culture at large doesn't have any brand awareness of cigarettes, really. Like you have to already be the kind of person that smokes. Mm-hmm. In order to know which kind of brands have which kind of brand perception, we well, also have to be the kind of person who drinks wine to understand different wines. Like I don't know what a Zinfandel is, but I don't know what a Prosecco is. I mean, I, I, I've heard these words. Right. So I, that gets back to my last point, which mm-hmm. is there are certain situations that, as a culture, we go, "Oh, well, of course, like there's going to probably be alcohol there." There are no situations like that where people go, "Well, of course, there's probably going to, you know, be cigarettes there." Like, alcohol has things which it is directly associated with. Like, you go to a party, you expect there's going to be beers. You I mean, go, when I go to Israel, when I go to, I mean, in Israel, bars smoke. I mean, when I go to, when you well, go I'm to a bar. I'm talking American culture. Oh, yes. That's, I'm saying the American government has made it by outlawing cigarette ads such that there is no, like, thing that everybody in American culture participates in where they go, oh, well, of course there's going to be smokers there. No, no, no. I, I, I did any kind of evening thing out. Is going to have a smoker. So bars. I mean, like one of OK Cupid's categories for for do you smoke is only when drinking, which is I mean, why would somebody want to? I mean, you, you're already doing one thing that's destroying your body. You're the one. The second, regardless. It's common though. It's sufficiently common that it's become a category. When you walk outside a bar, uh, maybe twelve. When you when you're walking along some kind of bar row. You'll see a bunch of people who are smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. and you have this massive, massive people. Especially if you have many bars in the same block, just masses of people in their own little individual cliques hanging outside the bar. Because a, it's too stupidly loud inside the bar to, to talk anyway. That's my. I hate that. I went to a fantastic bar in Williamsburg, and this is something that's very odd for me to say because I went to a bar. I was in Williamsburg, and I drank. And you liked it. And I liked it. I kissed a girl, and I liked it, and it was fantastic. And <laughs> I had not cherry chapstick, but I had apple cider. <laughs> I think in this case, it's supposed to be I kissed a boy and I liked it. I didn't kiss a boy. Well. (laughs) (laughs) And in the beginning, the bar there was relatively quiet. Or moderately. I mean, there's music playing. But now you have even... And then by the end of the night, it was unbearable. I had to scream in my... But this was already maybe 10, 11-ish, at which point it got annoyingly loud. But lately, you even had this noise, and I'm going to let tangent here. You go to a Starbucks in the middle of the afternoon, you cannot hear yourself think. It's, I mean, it's bad enough that you go in there and you have to hear the espresso machine. That's why I always like to go to Argo Tea because I so rarely hear anybody ordering a stupid espresso. There any kind of like machine. It's My espresso machine is quiet. <laughs> well, I clearly you've spent more than Starbucks has spent on their quiet machines. But it's it's like a club. I don't think they want to be quiet. That's part of the atmosphere. 
I'm not sure if we discussed this on previous shows, but I mean, clothing stores. When you go to clothing stores now, H and M, Uniqlo, it's it's a it's a party in there at all times. It's yeah. it's an uns 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 uns. It's you know, so I like electronic music. Yes. I like dance music, too. Like those aren't. Oh, quite I the love same. techno, dude. I listen. Wait, wait, but so I discover a good portion of new music. Like I don't know if I'd say a majority, probably maybe like ten percent of the new music that I discover. I find when I am following my wife around some clothing store. <laughs> like oh this song is good Shazam speaking of I gotta try the Siri thing where you just say what song is this would you want to do that would you feel comfortable saying that out loud well you can put it up to your head and talk to Siri mm-hmm. they made it so you can like hold the phone up to your head like you're talking to somebody <laughs> and then say whatever you're gonna say to Siri I wonder if that makes things a little bit more pleasant so I just started using this um, spe- no though I didn't I never do it anymore yeah. I did it for like a little while when I didn't want to be that guy that uses Siri and then I'm like eh everyone's used Siri how are you perceived when you're using Siri you, if you start using Siri in the middle of something are you perceived in a different way would Corona disagree with you you know what I look like a badass if Siri works <laughs> <laughs> otherwise I look like an idiot saying the same thing like four times duck James <laughs> go left Oof. It feels like a little bit like the Matrix. All right. Are we ready to put the advertising thing to bed? Because we're kind of getting into wearables. One more thing before we get into wearables. Okay. In terms of what advertising has done, I've been taking really long walks lately. Uh-huh. Um, I have a new conversational partner, and she and I speak endlessly, and we tend to not want to part ways, so we end up walking. I end up, I, I, my, my attempt to walk her to the train from my place, which is the closest stop is, chamber, is Chamber Street, I end up walking to 14th Street, which ends up going to like last time. Last night it was to 42nd Street. The night before, and then the time before you that, thirty extra bucks. The time before that, I went to 72nd Street. Uh, now she lives in Harlem, like a 116th-ish area. But Nick, this is what coffee shops are for. No, no. Well, f- first of all, no, because it was already time to go, to get going. But I can't sit still, and to walk around and meander is great. Like one of our favorite things. One of the things that we did so well is meander in our earlier dates. Now it's just, we just can't stop talking. And I mean, it's always been we can't stop talking, but just endless the conversations don't end. It, it, we only have to end them because, okay, if we don't stop this now, tomorrow we'll be, we will miss tomorrow. It is easier to, to talk when you're walking. Yes. I, and I've, I mean, I have buns of steel now. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's the longest I've walked in since I, since I moved out of the, since I moved into the city. Cause now I don't have, I don't have the park as often anymore. And honestly, as much as Battery Park is as beautiful as it is, it's not the woods. It's man made park. People are really recreational there. Which one? Battery Park? Yeah. I mean, I'm used to just woods. I'm used to seeing deer and maybe sometimes seeing chickens. Sometimes beheaded chickens because there's voodoo going on in that park, but. <laughs> anyway, so twice over, I saw this ad, and it seeing it jarred me equally both times. It's this. It's near Penn Station. If you if you're on Eighth and you look north, I think it's maybe close to Thirty Seventh Street or something. But you can see in that general area, it's this massive, massive. You know, one of those along the side of a building ads on, yep. on the actual building ads. That's a, it's a, advertising for a, for a Chevy, one of those new oh, seats. Chevy, yeah. Okay. One of those. No, sorry, not Chevy. Um, Some car. Cadillac. The Cadillac. The, one of those CTS type of cars. I still remember the Cadillac. CTS. What is CTS? It's uh, CTS first came out, I want to say, back in 2000. And but what is it? It's a type of car. It's like a really... I'm trying to give you the, 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 the maybe the visual you may have seen. Okay. 2001, maybe? Okay. 
and like it's like Hummers. Is it big? No, no, no. It's a, it's a, a four door car. I think sedan. they have two. Yeah, it's a sedan. Maybe they have a two two car model as well. Two door model. Very sleek, rectangular look to it. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've seen the new Cadillacs. Yeah. So All right. So, what? Tell me, what's the ad? The ad says, "Thou shalt covet." <laughs> Which is, I mean, of all things to, I mean, not many people know what the seven deadly sins are or what the, what's the opposite? Seven deadly sins. Ten commandments? No, 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 no. Things that a good person does. Wow. Um, I guess I'm, I'm just furthering Schumacher's point about this. <laughs> and the only thing, I think the only reason most of us know about what the seven deadly sins are at all is that we saw the movie Seven. Um, so neither. We, I haven't seen that movie, but. Oh, you'll enjoy that. Or the prin- some kind of principles of being a good person. Almost all my exposure to the seven deadly sins are like listicles. The seven set seven deadly sins of insert anything. <laughs> <laughs> and there's usually not even seven. That's the best part about listicles. They lie right in the title. Seven deadly sins of web development, and then you get four bullet points. That's just lazy writing. <laughs> That's just sloppy. And then they like take those those four. I mean, they make it into seven actual bullets, mm-hmm. but. The last three are like the same thing as the first four. Oh, sure. <laughs> to get to the point where, in order to sell something, in order to induce a want in somebody for something frivolous, to get people to spend more, to buy things, to replace things that they already have, again, to increase that bubble, that, that y axis of how much that pot of what is being purchased and how much it needs to be purchased, or, or to tell people this is how our society works, we have to keep buying more. Well, just because they spend a lot of money on that ad doesn't mean that it makes you want the thing. No, no, no. It's the message that's being sent that, that's so egregious. It's, you're breaking on the seven deadly sins. You're, you're, you're encouraging, blatantly, <laughs> bluntly, to break one of the seven deadly sins, to commit right. one of them. Sure. Because, so you should buy this product. I mean, it, it's such but a... But on the other hand, bringing it back to the article... Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I really should know who writes Melting Asphalt, but I don't know his name. But, um, the, the whole idea of putting those big ads in places like that is not, it doesn't really matter what the ad says, as long as you see what brand it is. And the, the real message of that ad is we are a big established company with deep pockets and we're not going anywhere and we can afford this ad. I mean, that's the real thing. That's the real message there that you effectively send by putting an ad in Times Square. It's a matter of, it's, yes, it's a matter of how it's tailored. Well, it doesn't, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how it's tailored because the main message is, hey, we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, the secondary message is the brand positioning of like, I don't know. I guess really it's, there, it's like a, a bad attempt at, it's okay, be a little naughty. That sort of general marketing theme. I think it's gone beyond that. I think... I mean, it's. I'm viewing this advertisement as the pinnacle. Really, it's the it's the nadir of how how low we can just go. But if it was a different deadly sin, I think it would rub you the wrong way a little bit less. Part of what it is is that, I mean, forget about the Thou seven. Shall commit adultery, and then have it for. <laughs> oh, that's what that's what Ashley Madison is. I you know what? interesting. I wonder. Yeah, maybe you're right. It's because. The the whole consumerism like covet angle is like all, so against your personal values because like you're not you don't really care about the seven deadly sins per se, but that I mean seven, they're all pretty shitty. But that <laughs> one that partic I mean but, but I guess, our society's not so I I think it's because it's so much bigger it's so much more rampant. But Cheating. if the ad said a car you'd kill for I mean killing is a seven is a deadly sin also but you'd just be like 
but you can't relate to that. Coveting you can relate to. Coveting is something that happens more often. Covet, covet's the easiest one to do, especially because of how our society has now been established. Like it's hard, it's hard to be a sloth. I mean, we have seamless. We have. <laughs> what do you mean it's hard to be a sloth? We're the we're the laziest we've ever been. <laughs> but we still have to do. We still have to get out and do something. Well, even sloths have to climb a tree and eat once in a while. Actually, they sleep the majority of the day. Yeah, but every I mean they can't never eat. <laughs> when, I remember when I used to read when I when I read when I read that they're the slow world's slowest animal. And it's interesting that seventy since knew back then in terms of when these originated that sloth is the slowest animal. I don't know if they knew it was the slowest, but they slow. knew it was damn slow. <laughs> <laughs> that it was a three-toed sloth. Or maybe the name sloth comes from the word Oh. That, like maybe they named it because it's slow. So I like to look up what the original meaning of sloth is. Then it is. So I I, I thought that three-toed sloth for some reason meant three legs, not three toes. How the hell is an animal be? How is it a tripod? How does that even happen? I've never seen that before. Starfish at five. Never seen three. Usually, you know, you have a dog called tripod if it's three. And it's really not. It's missing a leg. Right. Like it's not like it has one leg perfectly in the center. <laughs> well. Although Borderlands has monsters like that. We call it a horse. I know there in terms of That's five legs though. I mean what if it's a what if it's a horse? <laughs> Let's move on to werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sloth, let's talk about how we could not even have to take our phone out of our pocket. Uh, the first thing I saw when term, I mean yes, beyond it's it being ridiculously sexy, the watch, which kudos to Apple for Abandoning the 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 eye distinct the eye insignia. Really, you like that? I don't like it. As in, I think it's brave. It's bold of them to have done that because now they have they have usurped our, our lexicon. The word watch. Oh, they have the watch. No one cares about a watch. I mean, unless you're you're, you're in the finance you have to protect Philippe and it's just a sign of status, wealth, power, etc. But whatever whatever you want to show, whatever you want other people to covet about you. I think that is. I mean, I think the Apple Watch. Uh, let's see who was it Gruber I think made he confirmed with Apple staff at that event that mm-hmm. the gold one is going to be solid gold mm-hmm. and then he did another piece of research I don't know like on the internet but <laughs> to find out that the actual amount of gold like just as raw materials if you melt it down and sell it isn't it like that's worth like five grand so those two things combined it makes a pretty strong case I think that uh it's probably going to cost five or ten thousand dollars for the gold one, so it's still going to be in that category. Wait, just the gold itself? If you melt it down, costs five grand. Yeah, for that big of an object, yeah, like a Rolex. If you melt down a gold Rolex, it's like five thousand dollars of just gold. That's why they charge thirty grand for them. Wow. Yeah, so they're clearly going for luxury market, which is so un- like they're not totally going a different direction. They're just putting you know small bits of tech no, into no, the, the watch. The direction, I mean, in terms of the the name itself, how. They yeah, have now yeah. moved from being that quirky something to we're taking over this word, and now whenever you think of the word watch, you will think of us. I think so. They've done this before. Like this is not the first product that has abandoned it's the first eye. Big. Well, they have when the Apple have, TV, and then you have the Mac Pro. But no one thinks of. You don't think Mac Pro? Yes, Apple. It's it's in there because they used to have iBook. Yes, and they so they've abandoned the eye in their sort of higher end products. It's not the I that I'm trying to refer to. It's that this is a word that no one uses the word MacBook or Mac Pro on its own. People use the word as in... Watch, that's true. 
It, it's the word watch. It's, in, it's valuable. But Apple TV is just Apple TV. It's a frivolous thing. It's not something that, oh, can you, can you get the Apple? T-? You don't refer to something. Apple TV cannot be, it's, it's, a, it's a proper noun. So is the MacBook Pro or so is the Mac Pro. Mm-hmm. The watch, once upon a time, was not a proper noun. It is now a proper noun. They've taken over that, which is, which I think is a huge step to, for them, which is kudos to them. I still think, however, in one way, besides it just being adopted as a flashy item, Penny, I mean, if anyone can figure this out, it's Apple. But this could be Apple's Google Glass moment. Introduce yeah, something that's really fancy, really delightful. Is that the 6? Yeah. So James would just whip out the 6. That's not the 6 plus, is it? No. Well, this one's definitely rounder. I do like that. Is it thinner? It is, yeah. I didn't mean to... I have notes about the watch on my phone. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> I didn't mean to disrupt the watch conversation. Yeah, I got the iPhone 6. I was about 12 blocks away from the 12 block, 12 block long line at the uh, 5th Avenue store mm-hmm. at an AT&T store with 30 people in line. <laughs> I, I was there on Saturday night. Oh, I, I walked by the Soho store on Saturday night and saw people lined up. It was... Madness. So, how are you enjoying your big screen? It's only a little bit bigger, honestly. It. I think if the iPhone 5s were made of, I don't know, dough, and I took a a rolling pin mm-hmm. and flattened it a little bit, this is the shape it would turn out to be. It's almost exactly the same, like feeling wise mm-hmm. size, except for that it's thinner and then it has more surface area. I don't like the thin. I don't like the thin. I intentionally, when I got my M8, I put a case on it to make it thicker because I just, I can't. Wait, let's see your phone. I think our phones are almost the same size. No, yours is still bigger. So you just throw a case on there, you'll be all set. <laughs> you want a fat phone? Good for you. <laughs> I want a phone that's of mod. If it's too thin, it's too thin. So there's a threshold. Of, I, mean, I need to feel secure in my hands. This it, feels more secure. Honestly, I think it feels better than the last one. The rounded edges feel really good. Mm-hmm. And so does the rounded glass on the front. Looks really nice. Mm-hmm. That's why I got black because, okay, I could go on about how much I like the way this phone looks, but it really is irrelevant. It's just an iPhone. <laughs> what matters is the rectangle with the pixels, and that's more <laughs> or less the same. <laughs> so, uh, wearables, the watch. What I think the important question to ask is what, I mean, if it's going to work, is if we're, the differentiator between is this their glass moment or not is what can a wearable do? What can a wrist wearable do that is better than a phone? Where is it? Where is it going to be the preferred device? What tasks? Because uh, if there aren't any, like the Google Glass, it literally isn't better for anything. Well, so here's where I have to make a distinction between it being whether whether or not it's actual their glass moment, because Google Glass needs Google does not does not create products mm-hmm. that people en mass want. Apple says we're releasing this, and they just they tend to not get flops. They tend to be pretty good at this, especially if they drop enough and in, 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 uh, excitement about it. The watch, right? Again, I'm referring to as the watch. I could say the watch lower, not a, not a proper noun, and it would be the Apple Watch. But now that I'm saying the watch again, it, it's it's now part of the lexicon in such a way that it's ingrained in our heads, and it refers to an item that has kind of it's been almost passe. I wonder. You know how um, luxury brands, you tend to refer to it by the brand name? Like, if you have a Rolex watch, yes. you say, I have a Rolex. Are watch people now going to say, I have an Apple? No. I don't think so. It doesn't sound right. I do, too. 
Here's my Macintosh. No, damn it. Here, here's my Granny Smith. My favorite apples are Macintosh apples, though. The green apple. You walked right into it. I did. I did. I didn't even realize it. This was, that, was, that was poultry. Well, here's what I came up with in terms of what, what can a wrist wearable do that a phone can't. And this is really not specific to the Apple Watch. Some of these things the Apple Watch doesn't even do, but it could. So, like, for one, why it doesn't have cellular. But I think that's temporary. Wouldn't it be Dick Tracy? Well, ultimately, the watch could replace the phone. It could do almost all the same things. And I'll get to why that's that's not feasible right now, because you can't mm. use a keyboard, right? But, <clears throat> all right, so what is it good at now? Wait, so you're discussing that the watch can replace... What, what is the form factor good at? One thing that... Th- I, I went to a an event with... I, I, I knew I was mispronouncing it the, before I came to the event. And I remember at the event, and I learned at the event how to properly pronounce it, and now I can't remember which one's which. Mayo or Mio, it's that armband that Thalmic Labs developed. We'll link that in the show notes. And conveniently enough, the same company that invested in them also invested in Oculus Rift. But now that Oculus Rift was purchased, sob, sob. By Facebook. Oh, um, we'll have to... <laughs> I wonder if Minecraft is coming to Oculus now that Microsoft bought Minecraft. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. He mentioned how one thing that Google Glass did not do well is that it, as with many Google design things, it made people f- use things in a way that they need to put their hands to their forehead in a way that they've never done before. It's right. not a natural movement. With the Mio or the Mayo, you kind of, it's, it sits in the fattest part of your forearm mm-hmm. or the largest part of your forearm. Okay. And then it adjusts and you get to move it around in different directions and you, you do things with it. He flew a drone inside space and only make... So you have to move your whole arm to, to use it. No, you can just you can kind of you can move this. You can touch fingers together. So, interesting fact I learned. From but if that someone event, looks at you, you're going to look kind of like an idiot. Oh, it's big enough. It's one thing about this in terms of design. It's intentionally designed to look like a techie device. Okay, so it's not designed I think to be that's sleek. a fail, failure. Uh, that's a failing proposition to make it look techie. Yes, Steve Jobs never releases, but right now it's so early on that they they get to play around with it and make it look cool tech as opposed to sleek. It could look more like a bangle and make it look a little bit more fashionable, but they want instead want to make it a little bit very much unsexy, non-human based design. Very, it looked a little bit like that's like the exact opposite of what I think you should do. Exactly, and uh, and I agree with you here. One thing I learned that's interesting in terms of, like the various motions that they make is when you the pinky and the thumb, you put them together on an open palm. All the other fingers in your body, uh, in your body, uh, depending on what you're doing, (laughs) the fingers on on, on your hand, they, their muscles are intermixed. Whereas if you move your pinky, there's only only one muscle that belongs. The pinky is the only one that uses a certain muscle. Okay. So that way the, the, the mild device is able to pick up what exactly you're doing and whether or not. So they use that as their, when they use that as their uh, lock screen kind of scenario, where so you can't trigger it by accident unless you actually touch your pinky. Yeah. And your so if thumb. you're if you're very expressive, you just you gesticulate a lot while you're while you're presenting something. Okay. If you close your thumb, if you close your your fingers for a second for a little while, you will lock the screen. Or maybe right. it's the opposite. Maybe if you move it a lot, Unlo- then that, well, okay. That so what, I'm trying to understand how this how does this relate into the wearables in general? That's a more natural approach to people using to using their body motion. You can you can teach them something, or at least it's something they're moving around. But I disagree. Gl- I think that holding your wrist up, which is something people have been doing for like 200 years at this point, like a wristwatch, 
doesn't look stupid. You don't, if you pick up your wristwatch and look at it, even if it's an Apple watch, even if it has a complex interface, no one sees you from a hundred feet away and goes, that guy looks like an idiot. Like they do when you have a Google glass and you're swiping on your freak on your, uh, what do you call this temple? Mm -hmm. No. Yes. So again, this, this it's more natural. It, to- it breaks the don't make your users look like an idiot law. <laughs> No one wants to look like an idiot. There's the movement, ideally, to electronics is that they become more part of your general experience as you are now, as opposed to as we have to adjust to. Right. All right, so here's what I came up with. (laughs) Biometric sensors. Mm -hmm. Yes, the phone can track your steps. It's not as good at it, and it can't do things like checking your pulse, checking your respiratory rate, whatever. Biometrics in general... Wearables are better for that because they're anchored in place. They're closer to what a medical device would be in terms of positioning and, you know, whatever. So that's good, right? And there's a whole fitness health aspect to biometrics, which is also useful. I mean, that really does have some, if you can make it not a big pain, like knowing your heart rate at all times, Mm -hmm. that could come in handy for all kinds of things. Like a Mm -hmm. fitness tracker, like I used to have a, what is like a Fitbit type thing? I had a job on, but like. Yeah, how can we take it off? uh, It's broken. Oh. Um, I did break. Well, I'll come back to that. If you go to a concert and you just happen to move your hands around a lot, you're not exercising, but your jawbone or Fitbit will tell you that you ran like 10 miles Mm -hmm. because all it knows is if your hand moves. But when you can track heart rate, it's very easy to tell, oh, this person's not exercising. Their heart rate is only like 70. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. And then there's the ability for it to be completely watertight because there's no need for headphone jacks. There's no need for like speak. Well, speakers don't necessarily need to be um, it, they don't need to break the watertight, but things that you plug in, physical plugs like the lightning cable, the headphone jack, that stuff, make it so that it's really hard to make an iPhone watertight. And even the Samsung phone that is water, whatever, resistant, mm-hmm. it has a little plastic flap that you have to put over its plugs to make it water resistant. Apparently someone dropped the M8 in the water and it was still working after. I remember seeing a video about this. Well, thing. yeah, someone put an iPhone like did the same exact thing. They dropped an iPhone 5S into a lake and got it out 10 minutes later. Like if you dry it off, it will work again. But the Samsung one advertises that you go in the ocean holding your phone and you could still see the screens. Like they're showing each other pictures as a wave crashes on them. Why the hell would you walk into the water with a phone? There are things to enjoy besides a phone. Well, I don't know. Water. So maybe you have a phone in your pocket and someone throws you in the pool. If you have a watertight device on like a watch, that happens to be watertight. That's good. Maybe this is not a good argument because I guess phones could, it could be uh, overcome for phones too, but it's easier with a watch because it has no openings. All right, tactile feedback. How do you charge the... Uh, it's, what do they call with the inductive? Oh. So it's got a magnet gotcha. inside the watch and it like just sticks on with the magnet and then it's inductive charging. Mm-hmm. You could do that with a phone too, but... I mean, it's your cell power mat. That's... Yeah, well, I don't know. What else? Um, all right, I should have put these in order of how awesome they are because <laughs> <laughs> the first the the watertight thing is like a minor at best, but the tact the tactile feedback, like the ability to have it, like you can t- always feel it touching you, like a phone. If you have a loose pocket, you don't feel it vibrate, or you have to turn the speaker on. The watch can vibrate very subtly, and you could always still notice it. And there's so much room for that to get better, like multiple. Um, like tactile feedback generator objects, vibrators, whatever they use. So you could feel like, 
I was really trying not to say vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> so you could feel like if it's saying, for instance, with the maps one, like turn left, turn right. Mm-hmm. If you had an array of these little vibrating things, you could feel it like as if someone was like swiping your wrist to the left or to the right to tell you which way to go, see, which would never work with a phone. But that can, I see that can get so confusing because how do you orient yourself? So say you're biking. Orient by how the screen is. Oh, okay. But... Are you oriented? How are you? Is your mind? This is where I, I'd love to see how this gets. Well, I'd love to you can have it configurable. I mean, yeah. just like the mouse on a MacBook Pro, like some people sc- push up to scroll up and some people push up to scroll down, like mm-hmm. human scrolling versus traditional scrolling. I don't know. Just the ability, to, since you know it's touching you, there's so many benefits to that. Like the tactile feedback can get much, much more granular and much, much cooler. And you can sort of know that the person's going to feel it. I remember the uh, reading, I think it was Alone Together by Sherry Turkle. I'll link that in the show notes. It discusses how we're never actually alone and how electronic devices are ruining us and so on social networks because people aren't actually communicating. People are just, for instance, like one big example she mentions that bullies can hide. They'll say something mean to someone. Yeah. She, maybe Louis C.K. mentioned this exact thing. Bullies may say something mean to someone. They don't, they don't pick up on, what the other, on how the other person's feeling. They don't develop the empathy because they'd say it behind a screen. Right. She discussed how phones are kind of an extension of our bodies. Yeah. A watch that does that would be so much more. Of that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because it's touching us and we're we having a little bit more. We have touching feedback. <laughs> Literally a couple years away from she or her. I should really know what that movie was called. She, I think. No, her. Ah, God, can't remember. See, it's it. <laughs> It's a clown movie. <laughs> Them. <laughs> um, all right. And so the last one, at least my best point is the last one. Mm-hmm. The keyboard UI, I want to make sure, I want to read what I wrote because I want to mess it up. <laughs> all right. The keyboard UI, which I mentioned before, is terrible on a watch, right? Anything, the watch, so this is one thing that the watch is really bad. Anything <laughs> where you're looking at it for a long time, terrible UI, right? Mm-hmm. Like just anybody, listeners, hold your hand in front of your face like you're looking at your watch. And then start a timer and see if you can even make it to a minute before you're like, God damn it, I need to put my hand down. It's really uncomfortable, right? Not like a phone. You can hold your phone in front of you for 20 minutes and not even notice that the 20 minutes went by. Holding your hand in a position where you could read a a rectangle screen on your wrist, God, it's awful. So that's bad. But if they can get Siri good enough, and Siri has been getting much, much better. The dictation, like I can actually talk into my phone and it'll only get like one word per paragraph wrong. Like, it's sitting, good enough that I could circle back and correct it. I think if you're sitting down, you'd be willing to look at your watch like that. I wonder if people would want to look at their watch outright with their, their hands stretched out. It's a little uncomfortable just to turn your wrist toward your face and hold it in that position for a long period of time. Like anyone who's learned to play guitar knows how uncomfortable it is to twist your wrist and just hold it that way. <laughs> but if you're not looking at it, which is like the ultimate, right? That's what we really want from devices is to not look at them. Yeah. And if they have a way to not look at it, then... That would be great. So here's what I think would work. Siri so far has had no SDK, like no developer API for third-party apps to use Siri. So if WatchKit, and I'm doing air quotes, if quote WatchKit comes out and it has a Siri API so developers can make apps that use Siri, that would be a huge deal. Like you could just say, you know, without raising your wrist, without looking at your wrist, hey Siri, wake me up tomorrow at 7 done she then talk back to you yeah, she'll say like okay got it 
or I think what Siri will say is, okay, I've turned on your alarm for seven. Like there's like a parody check because people, you don't know for sure that it understood you. So it repeats back to you in its own way that it got what you said. Parody check or parody check? <laughs> Both. I remember I was in this, on the bus one time. Um, this was going from my old house, Bronx, to a rougher part of town so you can hop on the four train. There's this one dude there who was telling his phone, I think it was a gal telling him to schedule something in Siri. Mm-hmm. She was relatively young, so I, and I was impressed that she was using it because I, I mean, I've never seen, almost never see people use it in public, especially on people who I associate with not being particularly tech savvy, mm-hmm. which is younger kids who are more uh, street savvy as opposed to less, to more nerdy. Okay. Though for all I know, she could have been very nerdy. Uh, she just didn't strike me as. My my immediate, well, Siri has. If you know what to say to it, mm-hmm. like if you know what you can ask it, it is a much more friendly interface, and it's quicker sometimes. Like mm-hmm. for setting basically anything to do with that, like clock app, like alarms, mm-hmm. reminders, stuff like that, it's quicker. You hold down the button, say "Wake me up at six thirty, and then you set down your phone and forget about it. And like, yeah, it says okay, I enabled your reminder, but like, it never makes a mistake when you do those particular actions. So you just trust it, or like, set a timer for five minutes. Like, if your phone is plugged in and you're cooking, and you can just say set a timer for ten minutes, and you don't have to stop cooking in the meanwhile, awesome. Yeah, that isn't that is exciting. So it's always listening. You just say Siri. You have to say Hey Siri first. Okay. Or, okay. Cool. So, but you don't have to pause anymore. Like you don't have to say Hey Siri and then wait for the doo doo. You can just go Hey Siri, set a reminder for ten minutes. And if your phone's plugged in, it will just get the whole thing. We had a baby. It's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that girl took forever to shoot. I think she was setting a calendar reminder too. She had to go through all the different steps, and she kept screwing up, and the Siri wouldn't listen to her. <laughs> this is not faster. This is we haven't we're not there. What yet. was the calendar reminder? I don't know. I think to remind. I think to remind her to call somebody. Like remind me to call my mom tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Remind me to call my mom tomorrow. You have a mom. It says call my mom tomorrow. Yes. All right. I now have a reminder that says call my mom tomorrow. What do you have of a mime? You have to call them. A mime. A mime. Call my mime, but I wouldn't say that. Call. Let's see if it'll get. Call John's mime. Remind me tomorrow to call John's mime. I got it. <laughs> Wait, did I not say remind me tomorrow? Eh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Shut So Siri now thinks that you have a friend named John Mime, not John's mime. I don't know. Or could it be John's mime. I should have read what it said on the screen, but I didn't because I was trying to get the microphone close enough to pick it up. Cross-eyed. One thing that Apple did do is it entered the the market, wearables market, long after many other people played in there. You had Samsung making seven, eight, nine doohickeys that nobody wanted. I think the number was seven, but yeah. Which is, it's, why? Why? What are you thinking? What are you making? How many things can you, how many devices can you possibly make and, and wonder why if they'll work? I remember when there was I think, I don't know why they, you know what, this can't possibly, HTC did the same thing. This can't possibly be the case because it makes no sense, but it feels like what they're doing is making a product and releasing it just so that they can read what the reviewers say, take that feedback into consideration and then make the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. (laughs) It's pathetic how that could make sense. I don't think that's true. It costs way too much money. You could just ask some people to review a hypothetical watch instead. I remember when, um, 
HTC back then they made, this is maybe three, four years ago, they made so many different kinds of phones. And then they realized we want to consolidate the line. So they made the HTC, the HTC One S and One M, and I think One V or, no, I think V for Verizon. So different, different tiers. Mm-hmm. Then they made more phones. Like, so you tried to consolidate into one phone, the One. Mm-hmm. Then you made another one. That was the M7. The they one, have, two. Yeah. Now that you have the one, two, three, the, the M8, which is... The next is the one, two, three punch. <laughs> Falcon punch. <It's, laughs> it didn't work for HTC. HTC, in fact, floundered, right? partially because of that, or maybe they were, it was reacting because of those things. They were just spread very thin. They're making lots of devices, none of them which just... They're just churning things out because they... Let's have different variations and maybe have... Make one... But... Well, sa- Samsung's strategy... Uh, where they make they do a whole bunch of stuff and see what sticks mm-hmm. works really well for advertising. And Samsung, I would say, after Apple, is the best advertiser in the mobile phone space. HTC tried, but, but their ads aren't their ads aren't effective. Yeah, like, well, Samsung makes tons of bad ads, but they when they get one that works, they just get tons and tons and tons of airplay with it. And the ones that don't work are the ones that people slam, but then still think about. Like, for instance, I think one of the effective ads is, well, obviously the one showing people getting their phones all wet and the phone's not broken. That's just purely like, hey, look, we have this feature. And it's a compelling feature. But then there's the one where they show like people talking to the, the, the people who are on the iPhone line at the Apple store, like people waiting in line for the yeah. iPhone. Like, people who are going to buy an iPhone, they find that so dumb. But people who are like, who agree with the whole idea that those Apple people are stupid, like they're already... They, that's not a point of contention with them. Those mm-hmm. ads are extremely effective. Yeah, they're like preaching to the choir at that point, and that rem- that makes them want to buy Samsung. At least I think I'm not one of those people, so I have a hard time. But I think that's why those ads are effective, and they played it a lot, so I have to assume that it worked, or else they would have stopped airing it. Do you think that this is just because of the first thing that came to mind? Some contemplating asking the question: either Samsung or Apple would make a play for Yahoo. For Yahoo. What what does Yahoo have that they want? That's a very thoughtful question. Is there an answer? I don't know. I don't think so. It was just because now that they have now that Yahoo all this has all this money from Alibaba, Alibaba. Is it how Ali, do you pronounce it? Alibaba. I think it's Alibaba. Alibaba. I'm just pronouncing the way I pronounce it. I mean, given that the founder calls himself Jack to the American media to make it easier for us Americans, I suspect that they also just call the company by the easiest way for Americans to pronounce. I'm just thinking of that. Uh, What's the story that has Alibaba, 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 Alibaba? That one with the open sesame. Yeah, yeah. I've always heard it as Alibaba. So in Russian, it's Alibaba. <laughs> that's, a, that's whenever I see like Alibaba, Alibaba. What's that? You're you're destroying that name. Thousand nights, thousand something. I don't know. Oh, this, is, <laughs> this is why I need to sleep more. Thousand Swords, Thousand Knights, Thousand Deserts. House of that. We'll link it in the show notes. Yes. Arabian Nights. Oh, that's what I was thinking, but since you kept saying a thousand, I figured I was But wrong. there's a thousand in there or something. <laughs> Should have just said it. Maybe it's a secret. Anyway. Um, so, last thing. Since we're on the topic of the wearables, payments, I think, is a compelling use case. It's already out. All you have to do is stick your hand out. 
and it knows if you took it off because it's got the heartbeat and the pulse sensor. So if it stops, if it stops sensing your heartbeat, it can stop. It can assume that it is no longer connected to you. Mm-hmm. And if someone is dead, then and it's still connected, that's also a good reason to not allow anyone to buy anything with their wrist. You cut off the wrist. Yeah, but if you cut off someone's wrist and the heartbeat stops, then it all of a sudden won't let you buy anything anymore. You would have to keep blood flowing through the wrist. <laughs> anyway, I so anyway, I think that it's compelling to have payments on your wrist. Like NFC is compelling. I think Apple Pay is compelling. I wish I was excited about Google Watch and I was disappointed that they didn't make it happen. This would be so much more exciting. <laughs> Rather, this is going to make all those movies that you no, know, they cut off someone's finger or take someone's eyeball out and use it as a retina scanner uh-huh. so much more complicated because they now they need a pulse too. I mean, the pulse thing, has, no one has actually said. I just think it's a no-brainer. Oh. Like Apple has said that they, they, you validate whatever you type in your passcode on the watch, and then mm-hmm. it assumes that it has not been... It stays validated until you take the watch off. And everyone is assuming it's the proximity sensor, but they could just as easily use the pulse also. Interesting. Which makes so much sense, because how do you keep a pulse going, right? Like, I think it's reasonable to deactivate the watch if something goes weird with your pulse. Like if your pulse stops for a while, or how, if, then how long does you can put on? You could take off a watch and put it on pretty quickly. That's yeah, in, but it has the proximity sensor too, so you'd have to keep something in proximity to the watch that the phone that the phone that the watch. No, no, no. I mean, literally, it has a proximity sensor, oh, yeah. so it can tell like if your wrist is more than thirty millimeters away. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to have something touching the bottom of the watch at the same time. That thing has to also have a pulse. Well, I mean, if you. Turn, I'm not saying it's untrickable, but it's pretty good. If you turn, the, I mean, if you turn, I mean, I remember when I had when I used to wear a watch, I used to always move it around a little bit, and okay. it was clearly off me. I would hate to have to re-sign in every single time just because of that. I mean, you might have to, but all all you have to do is type in your passcode. Mm-hmm. Also, like you could think of ways where you could break this, right? Right. But at the same time. None of those things are going to pass muster if you walk up to a cashier with like a pulse simulator like pushed onto the back of a watch while you sw- like swipe it, right? <laughs> like, I don't think it, in reality it's going to be a problem. It's true. But uh, let's see. Do I have anything else that wearables are better at? I made a whole long list, but uh, things wearables won't be doing, any kind of media consumption, video, photos, reading, gaming. There could be some really interesting wearable games, but they won't be like the games we've seen before. Nothing where you look at the screen for a long time. And uh, typing. Typing's awful. The, it, Siri is going to... It's going to have to be dictation. I remember... <laughs> calculator watches. So annoying to use. I don't, what was the point? You, you wanted to have access to your second hand to use it, but you, you couldn't because it wouldn't let you. Access to... Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's on that right yeah. hand. Yeah, calculator... I never actually owned a calculator watch, but just the smallness of the buttons made it a nightmare. You need like a toothpick to type in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Um, turn by turn navigation is badass. That's the last thing I have to say. On a watch? Yeah. Oh, if it literally it's turned. Yes, if they have Like that. giving you the navigation, you don't even have to look. That's mm-hmm. great. That would be kind of cool. See you next week. Peace. And happy holidays to my fellow Do you have a book recommendation? Um, the same one as before. Um, Small is Beautiful. Small is beautiful. And my blog recommendation is Melting Asphalt. All right. Oh, another one? Fiction book. Vampires in the Lemon Grove. It's a collection of short stories. I only read the first one, but the person recommended to me, I value her opinion. And it was a beautiful, it's really fun to read. It's so 
well vampires saturated. in the lemon grove? Yes. All right. Yeah, I can. So